Welcome everybody to No One Likes a Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick. No, Sarah. And I'm your co-host, Daryl Wong. Daryl, you and I, we watch a Fast and Furious movie every week, do we not? Absolutely, without fail. This week, in fact, I sent over uh, psychic messages over to you. I was like, I'm going to watch this, and I'm just going to hit you up last minute to see if this podcast is actually going down. I'm extremely glad that it did. It's going down. I, I, I psychically I knew I had to watch the movie this week, which mm-hmm. we which was Fast and Furious, the fourth installment from 2009. Correct? That's correct. Oh my god, we're so in tune. We're on the same wave. We didn't talk all week, not one text all week, and it was like we're in it. Yeah. Be- yeah, yeah. Before we get started on Fast and Furious, I do have an installment of Nick's movie reviews, because I did go to the movie theater this week. Wonderful. How did yeah. that go? Uh, it went okay. Um, got my usual poppy, got my popcorn, got my M&Ms. I like to mix the two together. Strong. Um, and I saw a movie called Lucky Grandma. Yeah, which I, I'm not, I don't know. If, I'm not familiar with this one. What's the premise? Uh, the premise is a um, elderly Chinese grandmother in New York City um, goes to Atlantic City on one of those like buses, you know, like resort resort world buses, mm-hmm. um, and wins big, but then sort of gets herself into some trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, is this? This sounds like a movie. Is Aquafina in this movie? She is not in that movie. It sounds like it's something that would she would she should be cast in. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe is Aquafina of Chinese American descent? Mm, I think she's Korean. Mm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie. I mean, like first five minutes, I'm like all fucking in. There's this mm-hmm. scene in the beginning where she's like going about her day and she's doing she's at the gym and she's like watching the water aerobics but she's outside of the pool just kind of like doing the motions of the water aerobics but <laughs> out of the water and like that vibe I was like hell yeah <laughs> I was like I'm so into this and she she's literally um She's literally in every scene smoking. She's just like constantly chain smoking cigarettes. Um, the movie is directed by Sassy Seely, Sassy Seely, who I don't know. I think it may be a sort of debut or at least a wider release debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it has some stumbling blocks editorially and like directorially wise uh there's there's this weird thing where she shoots all of the conversational scenes face to face so she it's like it's literally like shot straight on almost looking to the camera at the grandmother and then like reverse shot almost looking straight on on whoever she's talking to Hmm. and the first time it happened i was like oh, did they have a scheduling issue where they couldn't shoot these two scenes together? Because they're cut in such a way where they almost leave too much breath after somebody speaks, and then they cut to the reverse. Mm -hmm. And it almost was like, oh, did they not have these two? But then, like, later on in the scene, they have them together. I'm like, okay, so no. But it was, like, very clearly a conscious choice, and it's kind of weird. Mm. So, and then there's some things of... 
I think the movie had trouble figuring out kind of what it wanted to be. It's like part family drama, part crime thriller, part like buddy comedy with like her and she hires a bodyguard who's like this giant Chinese guy and he's hilarious and great Uh, and their chemistry is really good and I'm like yeah let's do that movie or let's do the like the grandma sort of fixing problems movie or whatever but at some points like the stakes get really high and there's a lot of like emotional trauma I don't want to like spoil too much of the movie if some people are going to see it but and because you've set up this movie as like a buddy comedy, kind of, and like a funny mm-hmm. movie about this wild ass grandma, the emotional trauma feels totally out of place, right? Where you're like, mm, that's sort of weird that you're, you're hitting this note pretty hard, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I had a good time watching it. Like, I'm interested in seeing more from this director. Um, I will say... Chai Chin, who I, I believe is how you pronounce her name, uh, who plays the grandma, it's like, give this lady an Oscar. She's yeah. fucking incredible, man. She's great. I've never seen her, I don't think, in anything. I mean, she did like memoirs of, uh, of a geisha, Casino Royale. Um, she's in movies. She's like a, a character actor in movies that, but not one that I've I've like picked out and been like, yeah, yeah. You know, Memoirs of mm-hmm. Geisha is a bad fucking movie too. So <laughs> don't, don't go see that movie, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Lucky Grandma, I mean, see it if you want to see it. If you got the opportunity, you got a VOD or something, check it out. That sounds good. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, right, the, like one of the main things about Crazy Rich, crazy rich Asians is that you mm-hmm. don't, like there's very little representation of Asians in the big, totally. on the big mega screen. So, this sounds, based on your review, like something that's worth watching. So, have you done? Check it out. I think this generation of uh, like Asian uh, immigrants or Asian Americans, like mm-hmm. I never see detailed, I- intimate, close stories about like octogenarian Chinese immigrants. You know what I mean? Like I just don't in New York City. You know, and like mm-hmm. I think that's a real. Um, uh, point of you know loss there where we don't have a lot of stories about that generation because like some of those lives that those people have lived are super interesting and I like really want to and this movie kind of does it but there, there's points where she's interacting with her son and like her grandchildren that are mm-hmm. really interesting like I kind of want a little more of that movies this is another problem with the movie and we'll get to Fast and Furious in a second but you got to hit beats on odd numbers, okay? So, like, rules of one, rules of three, rules of five, all right? If you have an emotional conflict or a story conflict, hit it once, hit it three times, hit it five times. It's the way it works, okay? Mm-hmm. You got I don't know why, like, humans are attracted to these odd point numbers, but we are. Got to do it. And so there's some conflicts in this movie that really only, that hit on twos and fours, you know, where they bring it up, they remind it, they remind it again, and then they resolve it, which is like, this is either too, weirdly too much or weirdly too little. Hmm. You, need a balance, you need to balance this with like an odd number of touch points for this conflict. And the family stuff does, uh, I think, especially falls prey to that, where they have this scene in the beginning and a scene at the end, and you're like, 
I haven't cared about this the whole time. It's actually a really interesting point of contention and, and conflict for this woman and fits pretty well within like the funny sort of thing that you're trying to do, but it, you haven't constructed it in a way that I can touch it emotionally. Yeah. That's really cool. I've never, I've never thought about like the structure of movie and sort of on-screen relationships in terms of how many touch points you get. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty cool. I never thought about it that way. In terms Three of how acts, many baby. times Three and whether or not. Do yeah. it, you know? I've, I'm sure I've probably experienced it before, like watched yeah. a movie and had it fall flat or felt unsatisfied, I would yeah. say, midway or after a movie. And it's probably a result of some of that. My Poor dramatic structure. structure class, the one, the one dramatic structure class I've ever taken. But the guy, uh, Scott McRae, who's a playwright, uh, always talked about like the five touch points, of course, which I cannot fucking remember. But it's like inciting incident, uh, like conflict, twist, climax, resolution, right? Like I mm-hmm. know that those aren't the right words for what I'm trying to describe. But like movies and plays work in this way of those arcs because that's what humans expect as a pattern of storytelling. Mm. Right. Why that is psychosomatically. Like, I don't know, but that's the way we got to do it to, to make mm-hmm. it work. This movie, fast and furious four to, to bring it back around works very much in the same way. We got three acts, you know, uh, Act one, I would say, like, act one is the first chunk. Act two starts when the, like, the competing drag race with the GPS thing starts, like, the Braga portion. Mm-hmm. And then act three starts probably with the blown uh, exchange and then, like, trying to fix our, you know, it's, like, really divisible into those three segments. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, how was your watch through this week? I had a pretty decent watch through. I... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, looking back, I've always said that this movie in particular was the worst of them all, but it didn't feel like the worst of them all when I watched it today. Mm. I Can I tell you something? I had a great watch. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. What uh-huh. the fuck, man? This it's movie weird. is always one we dump on, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a product mostly of like the well, it could be like the poop tunnel at the end, <laughs> the, <laughs> which sucks, but, oh, man, I, I took a Brazilian notes on this movie. Good. Um, but my main one I really pointed out in talking about, like, structure of this, Chris Morgan, who we talked about last week, sort of the writer of this movie and the guy who created this sort of universe together, mm-hmm. he's a good screenwriter. And this movie has a perfect first act. That's what I'm saying. Hot take on Fast and Furious 4. This movie has a absolutely perfect first act. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run. Can I run through it? Please do. I don't want to dominate the pod, but I got to run through this. Okay. Truck scene. Off the bang, right? Good. Great Good. scene. <laughs> Good scene. What are our what have our bros that we've been missing for two movies been up to? They've been heisting gasoline in the DR. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Big explosion. Dom is great at driving. Bam, bang, boom. Chill party scene. Oh, Han's got to bounce. We'll see him later. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe he's going to Tokyo. Dom's got to leave because shit's too hot right now. Emotional mm-hmm. breakup with Letty. Boom. Right into the Brian Chase scene. 
He's off. He's crashing through windows. He's an FBI agent now. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Boom. David Park. He's the guy we got to get. Boom. Letty's dead. Dom's on yeah. the phone. Oh, no. You got to come home. Letty's dead. That toast. was so, so quick, too. So quick. It's One so call from fast. Letty. Boom. Letty's dead. Here's the drama. Like, let's level, 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 level. It's 100% level, level, level. And, like, when this phone call... It's, I was watching this movie. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then the phone call happened. Letty's dead. I'm like, this movie is moving, baby. This movie is doing it. You know? That's right. right. Letty, Letty dead. Bang. We go back to the FBI. Brian's doing cop shit now. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Like, he's looking through computers. He's got sidekicks. He's got Shea Wiggum. Which, like, Shea Wiggum for Best Supporting Actor? Maybe? Oscar? In this Absolutely. Movie? He rules. <laughs> he, he rules. rules. He's incredible. Um, Then after the cop shit, bang, Nitrometh. What's Nitrometh? (laughs) Yes. It's Evil Nos. Of course it's Evil Nos. Why wouldn't there be Evil Nos? That's incredible. Right. Right. (laughs) Right? There's no other movie. There's no other movie franchise. There's no other movie that utilizes Nos in the way that this franchise does. And they. It's so good. I don't know that there's another. First of all, Daryl, I don't know that there's another franchise that utilizes Nos, period. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Is there another racing movie where like Nos is involved? I feel like there is. I feel like they use it in some of like the Biker Boys. I feel like Biker Boys they have like NOS oh my buttons God, and stuff. God, on. Biker Boys. Yeah, I feel like I've seen wow. one. I've seen other movies before, and there's does that, is it does Torque? I think Torque has it. There's that one like meth head dude who uses. He might use nitro meth or some sort of like crazy shit. Like Torque is a movie I'm very interested in watching again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I tell you that? I'm down. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so Evil Nas, now it's a revenge movie, right? Then, bang, Mia is arrested. Brian saves her. Reunion, and it feels so good. Then, bing bong, engine head scene. Dom's, like, intimidating the dude. It's like, it just moves and moves and moves and moves and moves. Then we got the diner scene. We're talking about lost love. We're talking about connection. We're talking good. about chemistry, baby. Um, side note, Jordana Brewster is not that good in this movie. Um, <laughs> but then, Dyer's saying that he, Brian goes back to the cop place, a 240 with an illegal mod? Of course it's a 240 with an illegal mod. That's of the course. one. That's the one. That's Chevy, the one. Or, the alternative is a Chevy Tahoe owned by a 40-year-old like accountant or something. They're like, no, that's not the one. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, nah, nah, that's the one. Because that's what I would drive. Then, all of this stuff has been building, 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 tension, 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 tension. David Park, psh, out the window. Brian's got the gun on Dom. Here we go. Standoff. Face to face again. And that's the first time that they've seen each other, right? Yeah. Since... In five years. Five years. Five years ago, drag race, boom. Here's the key. Since 2004, which is when, weirdly, the first movie takes place, according mm-hmm. to the timeline of this series. Um, even though it was came out in 2001. Um, all right. Brian and Dom face off. Then Brian goes back. Stasiak is pissed. He fucks him up. <laughs> Punches Shea Wiggum in the face. His boss is like, what's the difference between a criminal and a cop? One bad judgment call. 
And there we go. And then, like, we go into a room, we learn about Campos, and they're off to the race, the GPS race, you mm-hmm. know? Which I didn't hate this movie. I was, I was absolutely feeling the vibe on this movie, and my, my first comment was that I thought the GPS race, it yeah. ran as best as, it's, as best as it's ever run yeah. in our viewings. Totally. Because, and for all these reasons, right? It, ha- it has all of this build up. And it culminates in the race, really, because yeah. there's so much at stake. And like Brian's trying to run this up undercover thing. He's trying to maintain his status as a detective. And you have this parallel of um, Dom here trying to sort of seek out Letty's killer. They're both interacting with Compost. They have to maintain this um, image to Compost without without blowing their whole cover. But they yeah. also like are. Really, yeah, they're really at odds with each other because of the way that they ended five years ago, and I think there's a lot involved in there, right? And I like, I think my favorite part of the scene is actually the GPS um, voice, yeah, the GPS itself, because it's it's amazing, but it's also not realistic, and it's made specifically for this movie, and yeah, yeah, go ahead, sorry. And the the best the best part is when they're like, all right, well. Yeah, four miles, four point two miles, and then he cut through, and she goes, "All right, one mile, one quarter, one quarter mile <laughs> to your destination," because a yes. GPS, a GPS will never give you a quarter mile, um, no, a, a, a quarter mile waypoint unless you're in a Fast and the Furious movie. Well, and okay, of course, and like the quarter mile touch point that we know from the first movie is like. Great. We needed it's, that, right? Because now in the end, because it's like Dom and Brian in a head-to-head drag for the finish line, too. Right? So right. it's like, great. Chris Morgan is a good screenwriter. So the other thing is, like, I was thinking about the context of it. 2009, like, I wasn't cruising around Google Maps style in 2009 yet. People had, like, Garmin's that did it. So it was, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. But it made sense to, like, use GPS and, like, sort of exaggerate it in a way where people would be like, oh, this is sort of what, like, GPS is. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You know? I think now, contextually, because we all use GPS and voices and, like, voice-assisted directions all the time, um, that it looks a little, like, janky and stupid. But I think in 2009, it, like, didn't matter that much. Like mm-hmm. it, could, it was sort of in a more in the realm of plausible of what would be plausible in 2009, you know? So I, it didn't bother me this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's annoying is like the movie sort of falls apart after this scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> like the movie, it's weird because like they wrote this thing that I picked out that was like so fucking good. Which is like they take care of two of the plot holes that are potential plot holes in two sentences where Brian goes, where Dom goes, what's to stop me from telling them you're a cop? And Brian goes, same thing to stop me from telling them you, you know, you're after Letty's killer or whatever. I don't remember the exact line, but it's like bing bong. Like, boom. Yeah. Those conflicts are like taken care of, right? They're going to keep each other secret. Yeah. And now they're all of a sudden like, Together, they're aligned. Yeah, now they're team. Their... Now they have to, whether they like it or not, they have to sort of be on the same team here. Yeah. But then, like the plot holes, the rest of the fucking plot holes just stack the fuck up in this movie. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Why can't they take the drugs out of Mexico in the, like, super truck that they bring the guys and the cars into Mexico in? Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, like, Braga, but it's not Braga, which is, like, this whole thing I don't think we really need. You know, I mm-hmm. guess, like, you want to do, you want to get that twist in there, but I don't love it. Then it's the triple cross where they're hiding the drugs from the FBI, but then also the Braga organization, like convoluted kind of plan. The tunnel thing, which is like this whole, like the first tunnel scene where they're setting it up. And they're like, why do we have to do this? And then like, there's a helicopter. Right. We have to do the scene again. Like you did the tunnel the first time. It wasn't good the first time, and there was yeah, no need to revisit it for the final scene. Why can't the helicopter like pick them up on the one fucking road over the border that they're on? Also, right? They like go around a curve, and the helicopter's like, "Well, I guess they're gone." <laughs> they know? turn their headlights off, so I guess we can't see them. Uh, yeah, even though they have like infrared sensors. Um, why aren't the other drivers in like the 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 like scene being like, you know, all those drivers who get hired by Braga, like we don't see them again. <laughs> Where mm-hmm. do those guys go? Mm-hmm. You know? And yet, and yet why is, why is, um, foot fetish Dwight still alive? If he is part yo of the nutsack. <laughs> hey, yo nutsack. That's sort of my favorite line in the movie though. <laughs> I yo nutsack. <laughs> You know what Dwight likes. <laughs> you know what Dwight likes. Um, yeah, I you know I I just like think the movie kind of gets too into itself and too messy after, and it's so weird. It's like a tale of two movies, you know. It's like I don't know what happened to this script where it got so convoluted, where they felt mm-hmm. like they needed to make it sort of this like triple double cross exciting twisty thing because the first is like the first part of the movie it moves quickly but you know what everybody wants at all times Mm -hmm. brian wants to catch this fucking dude this is like drug runners okay after david park to get to the drug runners uh dom wants fucking revenge for letty that's it Right? Yeah. We get it. Yeah. We get people what they want. That's Show me what characters want and then have them get it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want out of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, and it just doesn't deliver a whole fully on that, I think, in the end. Yeah. Um, you want to have some shout outs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's shout out. We have a little segment on this podcast we like to call shout outs. And uh, we talk about product placement. Actually, we don't talk about product. We just place <laughs> products that we, we use them? in our lives, you know? Uh, people, restaurants, whatever. It's more that these movies have product placement and we want to sort of like embody that as a theme in our podcast. So, um, Daryl, what do you want to shout out to this week, buddy? I want to give a shout out this week to the peanut butter cookie. In my, in my, 
my case in particular, it's the Girl Scouts Dosey Dough. With the crisscrosses on top? With the crisscrosses on top. Or, you know, it's basically a nutter butter. But I feel like mm-hmm. the the peanut butter cookie is very low ranking in the grand scheme of cookies. And even in the grand even in the sort of world of Girl Scout cookies, it's mm-hmm. not on the map, really. Right? I think it's on the map. I mean, when it comes to Girl Scouts cookies, it's uh, Samoas, yeah, then mints, Samoas, thin mints, and then whatever. I take a box of thin mints and I throw them in the fucking trash because <laughs> that's what I do with thin mints. People like people like. I mean, thin mint is like a easily top three Girl Scout cookie. Like the weird thing across about the board, Girl Scout cookies is like. They're this ubiquitous line of products, and everybody has a favorite, and they're mm-hmm. all different. Like all, yeah. everybody's favorite is different. It's like a, a, I would say, how many varieties are there of Girl Scout cookies? Maybe no clue. Yeah, no clue. Maybe let's say there's six. Mm-hmm. You would get like, and you ask a hundred people, you get like an even split of people for all the cookies. That's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But you're saying the peanut butter ones are underrated. So the dosi dough, I recently like inherited a box over here, and I like from your grandmother or who? Uh, they're from a friend of the podcast, Sandy Sue. I guess they shoot they were given to us, and I was they're here, and I started eating them. I was like, these shits are fucking good. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. In a way, in a way that I never considered, because when I'm in a position to eat or purchase. Let's be real. I never purchased a Girl Scout. I've never purchased a Girl Scout. I never purchased a Girl Scout. In my entire fucking life. Ever, 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 ever. Ever. Yeah. I've eaten. Even when the moms at work at the office were like walking around (laughs) taking orders, I never did it. I was like, nah, I got to keep my figure. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I never purchased a Girl Scout cookie. I've eaten hundreds, probably. But me too. Yeah. This stood out as it. Yeah. This stood out as a incredibly delicious cookie, and Good. almost like I feel like the texture of it was less. Um, I don't know. I feel like the texture of it was more like crumbly, more kind of mm. like apple apple crumbly than a standard nutter butter, mm-hmm. and it sat well with me, and I really enjoyed it. I um, yeah, I would say I'm a Samoa dude or. Yeah, or whatever. Samo- what are they fucking called? They're called Samoas, and I Samoas, agree. Okay. They're, the, they're truly the best. All right, here's what I fuck up all the time. S- Samoan. Mm-hmm. Mimosa. Samosa. And Samoa. <laughs> Complicated. <laughs> yeah. If you put them all on a table in front of me, my head's going to explode. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. I could. It's like an A B C D fucking test. Um, yeah, I mean, we should get Sandy Sue back on the pod, FYI. I'm down. In her new, in her new uh, townhouse in fucking San Francisco or wherever she is. Yeah, I don't know where she is, but that would be wonderful. Yeah, we'll try to make that happen. All right, I want to shout out. This week, I have a Toretto family value this week. Okay. There's a little series I do sometimes in the (laughs) shout out segment where I talk about just like values that we value here on the pod. 
Previous segments have included Barber Loyalty, obviously, as you know, important. Be on time for the Uber, an incredible, incredibly important value. True. This week I have a third one. It's leaf peeping season in the United States. Okay, I get it. People are in the mood. They're in the mood to peep. Okay, but you can't take your peeping everywhere you go, is what I'm trying to say. My house is getting sold. Like, I rent a... Yeah, I know. It'll, it'll make sense in a second, Daryl. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to, like, set it up as a bit, and it's not working very well. <laughs> My house is getting sold. I live in, like, one of four apartments in, like, an old house in Auckland, and, like, they're selling it as an investor. So I'm going to get a new landlord, basically, at some point. And so all these people, every fucking Saturday, people come into my apartment and, like, look through the house to see if they want to buy it. And, I, first of all, I got to, like, clean the place, keep it tidy, get it ready for people. And most of the time... I get it ready, I sweep the floors, I do all the stuff, and I like go out for breakfast at 11.30 or whatever when, mm-hmm. when the people come over. This week, I like was out for a little bit, and then I came back just a little early. I was like, eh, maybe it'll be done, and I just like, I'm tired, whatever. I'm just coming back. So I came back, and people were in my apartment. I was just like, that's cool, whatever. I know they're going to be there. But what happened next will shock you. <laughs> oh I was God. like in the living room. People are, two people are talking, they're like real estate agent and a guy are talking. And I see a lady, the lady who's here in the kitchen, do a little peep over the trash can. Uh. And I went to myself, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing, lady? (laughs) I thought you were going to say she like opened your fridge and like took a sip of your orange juice. No, 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 nothing that, she just took a peep. She just took a little peep over that trash can. It's like, don't peep the trash, okay? The trash is sacred, all right? Uh-huh. I don't know what's in the trash. You don't want to know what's in the trash. There could be all kinds of crazy shit in there. That's the trash. It's there because I don't want it here for people to see anymore. It's going to be gone at least once a week or more frequently, depending yeah. on where I live. Tuesday, that shit is out of here, okay? <laughs> So if you're at somebody's house, don't peep the trash. That's the value, okay? Mm-hmm. That's my Toretto family value this week. Is like, don't be peeping in people's trash. That's yeah. fucked up. It's incredibly rude. It's insanely rude. Wow. It's not quite on the, like, looking in the medicine cabinet rude, but it's pretty fucking rude. I would say that's worse. I would say that's worse. The, the main reason is that like, medicine cabinet, like, you're already there. You're in the bathroom. They're just like, look, it's not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. The medicine cabinet's, like, a pretty private place. I guess so. But I, I think looking, looking into the trash requires, like, a little bit more effort than looking into the medicine cabinet. Yeah. Even if the trash, even if somebody keeps their trash in the middle of their living room, in an open bucket. Mm-hmm. Don't peep in it. Yeah. That's theirs. Okay? <laughs> that don't belong to you. <laughs> and it's stuff they want gone. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's a good Also, point. like, I don't need people seeing how I eat. I got, like, chicken bones and shit in there. 
Like, yeah. Mm, I don't need people seeing what I put in my body. Right. You know? <laughs> Chicken bones, like, mine is, like, I think, I think the coffee grinds are, like, mm-hmm. a big part of it. it they look disgusting. Gross. They look disgusting. And sometimes I miss, like, the, like, the getting of the coffee grinds from the filter to the garbage can. Yeah. Always has a little bit of loss. And it has it loss. It makes me look... to get on, like, the rim or, like, the outer, you know, like, the part of the trash bag you fold over. And there's, like, yeah. grounds on that a little bit. It's like, it makes it me look like a slob. Yeah, and, and I'm not stains. a slob. Right. And how do you know I'm not a slob? I have a trash. <laughs> right. Okay. I don't know, man. Yeah, I was pissed. I wasn't, like, pissed, pissed, but I was, like, I hope this lady doesn't buy this fucking house. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sometimes when these Aucklanders, I feel like, step over the line a little bit. I get a little New York rude. <laughs> I get a little New York rude at them. You know? Good. Good. And then they asked me, like, I walked in and I saw her peep in the trash and then people, they start asking me, like, how do you like living here? I'm like, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's not Woodside, Queens, but yeah, you know. That's exactly, that is fucking exactly. Exactly. They're like, how? I'm like, it's fucking cold in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I mean, that's 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 how it's supposed to work. That's how yeah. New York is supposed to travel with you. It's supposed to kick in when you need it the most. Yeah, it it is my secret weapon. Yeah, on all on all fronts, on like the bad fronts, so like the little New York rude, and then the good fronts, a little New York charming. You know. Yeah. Like I go to a cafe, like, hey, can I get a cappuccino? <laughs> like, Hell yeah, you can get a cappuccino. Hell yeah, I I'm- I. Yeah, I swear to God, Daryl, I swear to God, I went to a bagel shop yesterday. I ordered a bagel cream cheese. This was when they were over at the house, right? I, like, went uh-huh. out for breakfast. I ordered a bagel cream cheese and a coffee, you know? And obviously, I didn't be like, can I have, like, an express all night? Like, can I get a cup of coffee? I'm like, yeah, totally, <laughs> yeah, man. Like- yeah, can give me a bagel cream cheese and a cup of coffee. And, like... <laughs> They're like, yeah. Then I'm like leaving. He was like, how was that bagel, man? I was like, yeah, it's pretty good, my bro. <laughs> and like, he came out with a pack of four bagels. He's like, these are for you. I was like, wow. oh, shit. I was like, oh. In my mind, I was like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> but outwardly, I was like, hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. That's solid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good, buddy. I'm going to tell my partner over here. You're in the clear over here. I'm going to tell a, Tony a, all about this fucking place. All it's, right? a tremend, it's a tremendous bagel. <laughs> this place is fucking tremendous. <laughs> So I Excellent. definitely ham it up when it is to my advantage. I'll say I'll, I'll confess. I'll confess. Uh, you know, anything else you want to confess about watching Fast and Furious 4? So I learned a little bit about mm. our friend Felix, a.k.a. Scorpio. Phoenix. Real, yeah. AKA, uh, real name, real actor name, Laz Alonzo. Who's in The Boys now. He's in the boys. Mm-hmm. I had to look him up because he was in the original Budweiser Super Bowl commercial for What up? No. What up? No fucking way. What's his name? Something Alonzo? Yeah, Laz Alonzo. Laz Alonzo. That may be the single greatest fact about the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise I have ever learned doing this podcast. 
That is incredible, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Wada. Wada. <laughs> so he's in that. All right. Part part two of this. Yeah. He plays Sute, the Navi warrior leader in Avatar. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> fuck yes, dude. Is he the one who's like, I will fly with you? <laughs> that is my favorite line from that movie. <laughs> I think so. I, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but he's like the other like main warrior dude. That Holy j- shit. That yeah, dude, Jake, like, he Jake like, Sully. Like, heads with Jake Sully. Jake Sully. Jake Sully. Jake Sully. Joey Saldana in that movie. Jake Sully. <laughs> Oh man! Oh. Avatar's a good man. I I'm, I'm I don't want to watch it again, but I'm ready for Avatar two, three, four, five, six. No, is that <laughs> it's never coming, is it? It's never it's never coming. Cameron, it's never okay, coming. I had an interview. I interviewed for a job on Avatar two. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the job, but um, I I mean, this is like sort of I I can't talk about what I, I saw stuff. <laughs> they built stuff. Uh-huh. So I don't really know. Basically, like as it's gone, as far as I understand, it's like Cameron is constantly scrambling for money. Right? Mm-hmm. So like he gets an influx of cash. He's like, Alright, we're back. We're on. We're gonna do six of them. And then like everybody like the entire country of New Zealand is employed for like four months. And then he like runs out of money again. He's like, ah, I gotta go get I don't know, know why my James Cameron impression is my same as like, like Frank the Bagel Eater impression. <laughs> but um, yeah, Cameron. I mean, he's he, and then like recently he was like, two's in the can, three's like ninety percent done. I'm like, I'll believe it when I see a trailer, dude. Like, I, I'm not taking your word on anything right now. Right, <laughs> so, right. But I think. It, the the world's ready for it. You know? I'd be down for another Avatar movie. I can't think of another thing that has produced so much, like, media and, like, spin-off thing. Like, there's, like, theme park and shit. Like, with so little mythology behind it. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Star Wars built 40 years of mythology before they got a theme park. And, like, four mo- five, you know, six movies, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, yeah, we'll do a fucking theme park. Avatar was like one movie. It's like we're doing theme park. <laughs> we're going Avatar World. We're going Avatar Six. We're going underwater. We're going Avatar in space. <laughs> Everybody's gonna make the halo with this park right now. <laughs> I will fly with you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so um, the last thing I want to say about this movie, which is a dumb point, but. The fake Braga is not good and looks like I don't think they cast him very well. He looks like the second runner up to like the most interesting man in the world commercials, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. They didn't need him for very much, but I think they could have done better with the look and the actor in that mm-hmm. role. Yeah, that's it. Kind of a downer to end on, but hey, we'll always have Avatar. People will remember that bit that we did. 
two minutes ago about avocados. <laughs> that's, how, <laughs> that's what they'll, that's what they'll I, take from this pod. I got, I got one more. Yeah, hit us. Giselle's never coming back. No. No. She's never coming back. Nah. I mean, they can they revive Han, they revive Letty. Yeah. Giselle's never coming back. Not gonna happen. Primarily because she's portrayed so poorly in this movie. Uh, that is not what I would call as the primary reason why Giselle is never coming back. But she is portrayed poorly in this movie. She does. <laughs> she's yeah. They really I'm glad they sort of did justice by her character by actually doing something with it in the next couple movies. Because mm-hmm. she sucks in this movie. Right. Yeah. Not Gal. Gal Gadot. Gadot. Wonderful. Yes. Which I did learn the pronunciation, finally, after 10 years. It is Gal Gadot. Really? Yeah. Good to know. Um, the T is not silent. But the, uh, the primary reason is she's too big a movie star. She's too big a movie star. Yeah. She outshines... Vin Diesel. She's got Wonder Woman 2 going. If that hits, there's going to be a Wonder Woman 3. And then she can do whatever Her and she Patty wants. Jenkins are going to do fucking Cleopatra remake. Wow. She's like wow. Elizabeth Taylor at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. So, she's too big a star. She's like doing other huge movie star shit. Like, she is going to be... If she plays her cards right, she will be... An incomparable movie star at a certain point. Mm-hmm. I really feel like, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Gal Gadot. Learn Gal Gadot. it. Learn her name. Um, if you want to learn our names or like um, shout outs, I don't know. Fucking do whatever. You can find us on Twitter. <laughs> Nolt Podcast. N O L T T. No one likes a tune podcast on Instagram. You can send us an email. No one likes a tune podcast at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash no one likes a tune podcast. I want to plug the Patreon. We're trying to get to the big five. I want five patrons. We got three. They're great. Okay. Steph and Patrick. Um, they're great peeps. We love them. We're putting content up there for him. Resident Evil content. Mila and Paul W.S. Anderson, they got a new movie coming out. Monster Hunter. We're not going to watch it. I'm done. <laughs> but uh, we got good content coming up. And if we get to five, I want to like get to five and then do the Riddick series. Game. So I'm pushing the Patreon. If someone wants to throw us a buck, please do. We're cool. We like you guys. We love you guys. We'd love to see you guys get, put more content up there for you. Take the time to do it. It really helps us out. And all, as always, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Crazy that that's still the thing that helps us the most, but it totally helps us the most. Uh, so if you got five minutes, I just did one for another pod this week. Cool. So you guys can fucking do it, you know? Do you got anything else you want to talk about, Daryl? That's it, man. That's a wrap. Good episode right. today. Yeah, good ep. Good ep. Let's take a little time to reflect on it. It's a good episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds perfect. <laughs>